and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is a show that talks about everything mountain biking. We're talking about trail guides, equipment and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray and I'm joined as always by Tom Bell. How are you getting on Tom? Good Colin, thanks. How's things with you? Good, not too bad. So uh, last time you were saying you were away in Norway, anything more exciting this time around? Anything else you've been up to? Uh, just no, like I said, uh, we, we did the race in Norway and then, um, saw some of the, some of the country, um, mm. and now back just training. Uh, I've had some news actually, um, in the last day or so that I've qualified for the, uh, mountain bike marathon world championships for oh, the great Britain team. So, uh, just awaiting my, uh, British cycling kit in the post and, um, Brilliant. I'll be heading off to France, uh, at the end of this month, um, Excellent. to a place called Lissac. Uh, in the Ardennes yeah for a so that that should be really good that's the first time I've represented um or been on team GB so yeah that'll be uh that'll be great great it'll be good to hear about that once you've uh once you've done it yeah I should have quite a few stories (laughs) from that it'll be uh I I expect about a five and a half hour race really um lots of elevation so uh, there should be plenty to uh to tell after that one is that pure cross-country type trails or what, what kind of terrain is it yeah, so the difference, the, the key difference between um, cross-country, the, the Olympic cross-country discipline and marathon racing is that marathons won one big loop rather than a number of laps. Oh, okay. um, and they usually fall, fall in the kind of 80 to 100K um, mark. So it'll be around 60, 65 miles of um, a mixture of kind of uh, fire road t- technical single track and probably probably a little bit of road linking those in but usually they're, they're kind of 80 70 80 percent uh completely off road off and on kind of very pretty technical single track actually so Great. it's uh it'll be quite quite an event so how do you qualify for something like that then uh, i had to go out and essentially you have to um get a top 20 um result in a in a marathon world series race so mm-hmm. the, they're kind of like the world cups in the in the marathon discipline so um, I was out in Portugal about a month and a half ago mm-hmm. and um, uh, managed to get 10th in uh, one of the World Series races there. So so that's how I qualified. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, well, good work. Look forward to hearing about it. We'll yeah. have to, you have to get you to take some recording kit and uh, talk to some of the other guys in the team and guys and girls in the team and see, uh, yeah, get some information back. Yeah, we'll do, definitely. That'd be great. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, dokes. Well, what are we on to this week in terms of uh, our bike kit series what is it bike equipment like setting up your bike getting the most out of the equipment you have i guess exactly yeah we're talking about this week uh we're moving kind of we we talked about saddles last time so we're kind of moving downwards to the to the wheels and um talking about kind of uh dialing in your kind of setup when it comes to comes to the wheels yeah cool so okay wheels let's jump into it what on earth is with all the sizes <laughs> I bet this, is, this is one of the most popular uh, articles on the website i wrote uh, i've wrote a few articles on like uh, 26 versus 650b versus 29 hours yeah. and all that kind of stuff and it's it's one of the most searched things on the website so uh why don't you give us a quick summary of the different types you get first like talk us through the sizes and then we'll go into the uh, the pros and cons of each after that yeah sure so it, it, obviously for, for a long time 26 inch was kind of your standard and that was that made it things very simple mountain bikes just had 26 inch wheels and yeah. now we're kind of seeing what a lot of people call the death of the 26 
just because there's so many other sizes that um, that people are choosing and that companies are producing and they're kind of leaving 26 behind. So as you mentioned, some of those other sizes are a, a 29er, which was the kind of next wheel size um, that, that came out of the, the 26. And then it seemed like the, the 29er didn't quite suit um, every rider. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in cross country, it didn't suit some of the shorter riders. And then for downhill, it was a, a bit kind of cumbersome to take around tight turns and that kind of thing. So we saw the birth of the, the 650B or the, the 27.5, which in theory kind of gives uh, benefits of the 29er and the 26 um so then you've got kind of three wheel sizes now we've seen uh, fat bikes which have come yeah. out in the uh, in the last few years which um I'm, I'm not entirely sure what wheel size they are but it, it ends up being more like a 29er yeah. um in terms of the tire circumference the tire as well too, yeah, yeah. yeah and then uh, they, uh, there's now uh, plus size bikes where you've got uh, 27.5 plus and 29er plus um, which are kind of halfway between a fat bike and a regular kind of 29 or 27.5 wheel, uh, but they use a tire which is around 2.8 to 3 inches uh, in width. Okay. Right. So um, I think they're, they're sometimes said to be better for, I think fat bikes are were designed for uh, riding on snow uh, right. originally, yeah. um, but and they obviously give you, you can run them, uh, incredibly low pressures to get to get a lot more grip yeah, um yeah. but i think the plus size has now come out to be a halfway to make make essentially a trail bike a, more like a fat bike but still um a bit more maneuverable than a than a true fat bike yeah yeah i mean we'll come on to tires as well just like types of tires and stuff like yeah. that later on in this episode but this the size and width of tires is pretty key in this stuff as well isn't it like you're talking about yeah those fat bikes they're just mental aren't they I and i've seen quite a lot of clubs around here like there's, there's yeah. there must be a fat bike club somewhere <laughs> close to where i live because i see them down um, tentsmuir beach quite often there's like nine ten of them zooming about on the beach um because obviously yeah like you say they're designed for snow and that like and the like but they're actually perfect for really sandy material yeah, as well yeah. so we've got a few quite um uh, sandy trails down by the beach and and uh, fife so yeah they're quite good for that but mm. uh yeah so let's go through the pros and cons of each then i mean for me the the basics are that smaller wheel more maneuverable isn't it you, yeah, you alluded yeah. to that as well so 29ers a bit less maneuverable 26 inch though is uh, ideal for just like whipping about in the corners and having that maneuverability so yeah what what else is there about the small tires then yeah usually they say that the the 26 like you say it's very it gets up to speed very quickly yeah, um yeah. it's easy to yeah, kind of easier easier yeah. to accelerate exactly yeah. and um a bit more kind of maneuver manu- you know the maneuverability of them is a little yeah. um more improved and then on the flip side um i guess once you're up to speed um that kind of rolling momentum that's yeah. when the 29 or the bigger wheels um that's when their advantage kind of comes in yeah. um yeah. and obviously when a bigger wheel uh, makes obstacles smaller on the trail so from that point of view a 26 inch is probably going to be the worst at kind of um negotiating through kind of bumpy ground and roots rocks and that kind of thing yeah um so and and then you i guess you've got the weight as well as yeah, a, yeah. a um so 29ers are obviously uh heavier tires than uh and heavier wheels than uh 26 um where 650b in 20 or 27.5 kind of in theory sits in the middle of those yeah. um yeah 
Yeah, I mean, the 650B is a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because we're going to talk about probably pros and cons of small versus big, but it's kind of like a a compromise. (laughs) So it's got a bit of both. It doesn't really have any uh, massive advantages or disadvantages itself, does it? It's just kind of, it's a wee bit of a, it's got a bit of both. So yeah, I think that's probably probably the idea of it. Yeah. 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 But um, I, do you know what? I've never, I've always meant to. I've still never ridden a 29er though. So I don't even know what it feels like. like what Do you race for the 29er by any chance? I race on a 650B actually, just okay. because I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, lighter and smaller yeah. um, in build. Uh, yeah. So that, that's been the one that um, I, I think kind of fits me better. But I do definitely, I haven't tried a 29er myself. So I, I definitely do, um, like yourself, want to, want to give one a try and see what it's like. Yeah, I mean, I I know quite a, quite a few guys that ride twenty ers and they the ones that seem to move over to it for me. They t- sometimes it's just because they're bigger guys. Actually, like that's yeah. another thing. Actually, isn't it? I mean, it's it really suits you having twenty nine inch wheels if you're you know six foot plus because it's just giving you I don't know it's giving you a bit more sort of. Um, momentum over the obstacles all that kind of stuff yeah um, so they seem to it seems to benefit big guys i don't know exactly why but yeah i think i think it probably comes down to proportions yeah. so you know it, the proportionally a, a 29er for someone who's uh, a lot taller is um pr- probably kind of just right whereas a, tw- a 26 or a 27.5 for someone smaller it kind of yeah. proportionally makes more sense but i'm yeah. not sure either yeah well, yeah, maybe it just makes the bike feel less like a toy. So it's a bit mm. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me, the, the from what I've always heard and those guys tell me, the big the big benefit is really you're on the downhill, you're flying down there, keep some, some momentum, you barely notice the rocks, the roots, because mm. it just rolls over these things. Uh, and they're, they're sacrificing essentially the climbing ability because you've got that extra weight. So you're you're saying, right, I'm not going to climb as quick because it's going to take longer to get up to speed. I'm not going to be able yeah. to accelerate as well. Um, but it's going to give me an advantage on the down. But then, on the other hand, you've got the disadvantage on the down that, you know, you can't negotiate the really, really sort of narrow little fast whippy turns quite as well. So, mm. I think, yeah. Some, yeah, I think the manufacturers um, in in recent years have made good advances in terms of making the the bikes a, a shorter wheelbase because I, I, I know when the, when the first 29ers came out, that was definitely the issue is that they were quite um, a lot longer in terms of wheelbase and it was harder to get around those tight turns. Um, oh, yeah. It sounds, I think like a lot of the manufacturers have kind of got around some of those, some of those issues, but yeah, that was, that's definitely a consideration for slightly older 29ers. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Um, is it worth going into like, so the plus size ones, it's not something I yeah. really looked into before. Who, who are they for? Do you think? I think I, I was speaking to someone at the weekend um, when I was away in Norway and they were saying, you know, they, they're good for um, the kind of fat bike uh, kind of feeling of having lots of grip and uh, uh, a big, big tire on there, but yeah. but more suited towards uh, UK kind of trails rather than just purely, you know, racing on snow or sand or something yeah. where you need yeah. extreme levels of grip. Um so I mean I'm I'm not entirely sure um, who would kind of buy one either. <laughs> uh, I think you know with when you've got kind of 150, 160 mil of uh, suspension, you've got kind of 2.3 inch tires on there. Yeah. I, would, I would think that's enough for for most people. Yeah. But 
Yeah. There's a few manufacturers that have now, you know, released these plus bikes that whether they're twenty nine or plus or six fifty B plus. Yeah. Um so there I'm, seems to be a bit of a market there. I imagine it must be people who are mainly downhillers, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, freestyle riding, that type of stuff, where they want the grip, but they still want to be able to go up a little bit at least. <laughs> yeah. You know, they want to be able, you don't have to push everything. It's not like pure downhill, but you want that kind of feeling, maybe more suspension, because it would add a bit more more comfort to the ride as well wouldn't it you're a bit more on these big balloony tires yeah so, it must do it must it must yeah. add you know another element of suspension and uh, a bit more grip and that yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah maybe maybe it's condition dependent as well like some people mm-hmm. i mean uh west coast of scotland if you're riding a lot really muddy trails then you want really grippy tires and a plus size tire might be really adv- advantageous there so yeah possibly exactly. just the, the types of riding and the conditions you're riding in as well yeah, it'd be good to good to try one out and see. Uh, I guess it would be really. I, I'm quite intrigued to see how much kind of grip these uh, these big big tired bikes actually add. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it, it looks, you know, from some of the videos I've seen and that kind of thing, um, you know, you can ride up really really steep, um, really steep climbs and really loose loose climbs just because you've got that added grip. So it'd be uh, be interesting to give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah. So worth saying at this point, these different tire sizes, you have to have a bike that suits them, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Because, um, you know, frames, you can't stick a set of 29er tires on every 26-inch bike. Uh, so your fork is going to determine how big uh, the wheel can take, uh, how mm. big a tire it can take. I mean, you get some forks which actually can only take a tire that's, you know, 2.1 or something. It won't yeah. take a big fat tire. So you need to be able to build together the components with the wheel size as well yeah um, it's amazing that uh, all the all the manufacturers of like this you know the suspension forks and the frames have actually uh, managed to negotiate all of these uh, different wheel sizes because yeah. it like you said it presents a big big issue when it comes to standards and that kind of, and producing all these different forks and frames that that fit all yeah. these variations yeah yeah what about quickly on the tires then uh, i mean i what i read these days i think i've got right now a 2.1 inch on the front and a 2.3 mm-hmm. on the back um which uh, 2.1 for anybody out there that doesn't really know about sort of tire widths is relatively not skinny exactly but on the skinny end of things for mountain biking whereas 2.3 is maybe in the average um width going up to what what would be a fat one like a 2.5 2. yeah for a regular one i would say probably 2.5 yeah Yeah. um and you can go lower than that as well can't you but that's getting pretty skinny for mountain biking really yeah they're usually uh they're usually mud tires are those ones you know to to 1.8 to kind of cut through through the mud yeah 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 what do you use when you're racing uh, mine's a 2.2 actually right. okay. um so i use i'm i'm uh, sponsored by continental tires right. so i use their uh, race king which is a 2.2 that's kind of a inter, uh, a dry weather tire um and then i think i think the intermediate ones are 2.2 as well and then the, the mud tires are usually 1.8 1.9 something like that yeah cool yeah i've got right now i've got um uh, Maxxis high rollers on my bike. Mm-hmm. I love the high rollers; they're brilliant. They're just popular tire. Yeah, I know they are really popular. I think I tried them basically because they were very popular. So I thought I'll give it a go, and it turns out well for me. They're popular because they're <laughs> really fast rolling really when good. you want them yeah. to be, but they stop you quick as anything. Uh, and they can do all right in the mud as well. They can do all right in the wet for me. So, mm. and you, the need other... that, you need that riding in Scotland. Yeah, you do. You need <laughs> something, uh, something versatile. I think that's a really good choice for a, uh, you know. D- d- 
kind of dry tires as well as uh, dry conditions as well as uh, as well as slightly wetter ones. Yeah, yeah. Since we're talking tires, what um, I mean, what's the difference do you think between a, a mud tire and a dry tire? What's the what you're looking for? Yeah, usually with a mud tire, you've got quite um, you've got a lot of spacing, so you've got fairly pronounced uh, knobs on there, mm-hmm. and usually you've got quite a lot of uh, flat space between them, and that's just to kind of. Uh, allow the tire to to clear mud very easily so they don't turn into a, a big slick uh, yeah. as soon as you go through uh, a muddy patch <laughs> and and then usually like we said they're usually um on the narrower side so that they can kind of cut through cut through puddles or, or deep deep mud um, yeah and that kind of thing yeah. yeah what about the the material they're made from this is not something i've ever looked into but you mentioned it before like the compounds it's made mm. from is that something worth thinking about yeah, I think I think so. You, you, obviously, sometimes you get compounds that are that are lighter weight and they're better for for the competition and and that kind of thing. And then you've got some at the other end that are really puncture protect. Usually, have kind of a an added kind of layer of puncture protection. Um, and I think they do affect the handling of the the tire as well. So okay. if the casing's very kind of dense um, and that kind of thing, it obviously doesn't kind of squirm around quite as much as a uh, a lighter one Aye, right, and, yeah. and um uh, you and there's there's also tubeless and non-tubeless tires as well yeah, um yeah. and the tubeless ones tend to be uh, slightly more reinforced just to hold that that air in there and uh try, try and avoid kind of cuts to the sidewall and that kind yeah, of thing yeah so aye, there's a funny little uh contradiction almost there in tubeless versus non-tubeless isn't it because you tend to you save weight by going tubeless generally mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're taking your tubes out and tubes don't weigh nothing uh but then tubeless tires are uh more heavy because they have yeah. a bit more protection <laughs> so but usually you usually do save weight by going tubeless don't you you do and usually you can actually i mean i uh the tires that i use that i run tubeless are not tubeless specific tires okay. um you can usually run um non-tubeless tires it's usually more the rim uh that you and the rim tape and that kind of thing that you're using that uh, will determine how successful or not um, a kind of tubeless system is. It's yeah. usually the, the tubeless ones are, are just for, for are just there uh, if you want sort of maximum yeah. protection and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now tubeless. Have you done? Have you converted yours to tubeless by yourself? Have you tried? Have you had to go through that process? Uh, <laughs> well, the the. The rims that I use are no, are no tubes rims, so they're they're kind of set up to to be tubeless. So you've right. just got the the standard rim tape in yeah. there that just yeah. seals the spoke holes, and then the kind of rim does the rest. So yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's fairly easy. But so I have definitely yeah. yeah, that was fairly easy. Have you um, had to convert one then? Come yeah, on. I've just like playing around with making. I mean, even with. Maybe this is a kind of older school thing. I've not had to do it in the last wee while, but in the olden days, <laughs> five years ago or whatever, when people were first starting to play, well, it's probably not when they were first starting to play around, but when they were becoming popular, yeah, there was a lot of um, messing around with tubeless systems and, you know, converting and uh, it, it just always seemed to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be out there and suddenly your seam would pop or it would come out the uh, spoke hole or something. And there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of bad tubeless systems. Yeah. I'm sure they're much better these days. Uh, I I still I use tubed tires these days, mm-hmm. uh, just because I haven't played around with them for a while. But I, I quite fancy going back actually. I mean, um, if if anyone out there is considering changing or choosing between them, uh, obviously the tubeless suddenly you're saving some weight, like we said, but you're also cutting down your chances of punctures, aren't you? You're making yeah. it so that you can run on much lower pressures because mm-hmm. the usual problem with low pressure is that you stand a much bigger chance 
chance of getting a snake bite puncture. That's but it. Yeah. If you don't have tubes, then you're not going to snake bite. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's that. That's the theory. Yeah, it's uh, it does. I mean, it really does um, almost completely um, get rid of snake bite punches. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the um, uh, the tubeless manufacturers say that you could kind of ride over. They, the, well, I think the no tubes um, guys should do a demonstration video where they kind of ride continuously over a bed of nails oh really <laughs> and uh it, you know it kind of only goes down five psi because the sealant's been uh sealing it up yeah, and uh that's not been my experience i have to say you know when i when i get a kind of uh, cut to the side wall or something like that it often doesn't seal very well really? um yeah, and I, I have to end up having you know, having to put a tube in. But in terms yeah. of in terms of snake bite, uh, reducing snake bite punches, they're absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean you can you can run them really low pressures, and oftentimes you'll find yourself kind of hitting the rim as you go uh, over a load of uh, particularly rough ground. But, yeah, yeah. Which is not a nice feeling, but at least you're not kind of coming out the other end with yeah, a puncher. It's not bursting. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. worth mentioning the sealant. So that's kind of the principle behind tubeless is that you'll stick. Uh, what do they call it? Like it's like a latex sealant. Usually, yeah. it's a uh, sort of wheel milk. Yeah, uh, wheel milk. Yeah. <laughs> so you That's can. What put, I've heard it being called. Yeah. So you generally put that in through um, a nozzle, which kind of replaces the the valve, the air valve of the tube, don't mm-hmm. you? you yeah, you can kind that. of. You can either you can either sort of bring the uh, tire off the sidewall and just kind of scoop it in with a mm. with a regular scoop, or or you've got kind of a syringe that that puts it in through. Yeah. The valve, yeah. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, that can create a bit of a mess as well. So probably one one of the disadvantages mm-hmm. of uh, tubeless. <laughs> if you do get a puncture <laughs> that doesn't seal, you've got sealant flying everywhere and yeah, and replacing yeah. it, you've got all that stuff inside that you have to get rid of when you take it yeah. off. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I, I I've heard a lot of good reports about it more recently, better than it used to be anyway. So mm. yeah, worth a worth a try for anyone out there that hasn't so far. And uh, yeah, I need to get back and put some more tubeless tires on my setup as well. Um, what about pressure basic question but like how, mm. what pressure to you put your tires to yeah it's uh i guess this is another uh condition dependent uh question and um and, and a personal preference one as well um I, again i don't think there's a uh, a right and a wrong answer um it's i guess it depends quite a lot on your rider weight as well as the kind of riding that you're doing so yeah, yeah. um you might have a bit more pressure if it's a fairly un, you know untechnical trail that you're doing and um you're kind of wanting more more raw speed yeah, um yeah. having said that having said that even i mean they've they've shown that lower pressures in in a lot of cases actually um increases your your speed and uh doesn't actually uh, make the rolling resistance that much more because the because of the way the tire kind of um uh, molds onto uh, you know over rocks and that kind of thing so it's, okay. it's quite it's quite a it's quite a technical kind of uh, quite a complicated um question i guess that makes sense actually because yeah if you've got a really hard tire it's going along it's hitting like little rocks little mm. stones that's always like a little bit of a, a jolt backwards when it's got to overcome but if it's really soft then yeah yeah maybe just deform over the top of those things never thought about it that way yeah usually i mean i think i run mine um at a 2.2 tire and the continental ones are fairly high volume mm-hmm. so they're, they're fairly big for a 2.2 yeah, yeah. Um, i think i usually run those in uh you know kind of regular conditions maybe 1.9 um 
1.9 bar. Okay. Uh, something like that. Sometimes they'll go down a little lower if it's a uh, particularly, uh, you need a bit more grip and that kind of yeah. thing. What's that in PSI? I only do it PSI, I'm afraid. Uh, I was trying to think of PSI, actually. Uh, <laughs> Is that what your uh, pump shows it in, in the it bar? It does, yeah. <laughs> uh, it has bar It has bar and PSI, so yeah. I usually just look at the uh, the, the, the bar, but yeah. I'm not, I'd have to, I'll write it in the show notes. Um, yeah, cool. What, what it is in PSI. It as well. Yeah. I, to give a PSI one, I tend to run mine um, about 35 average, mm-hmm. maybe maybe up to 40 if I know I'm going to be doing a lot of yeah. cross-country. I might have to change that now that you've told me that it's uh, less rolling. Because I, I basically make them harder if I'm going more cross-country, less downhill. But um, I have been known to, if I've got a long sort of cross-country and then a good bit of fun downhill at the end just to let it down a bit and some yeah. people do that you know you you go uphill on a hard tire and then downhill on a soft tire because you can just mm-hmm. let it down a little bit so yeah uh, but 35 is kind of my general aim that's what i go for yeah that's what i was going i was thinking i was thinking of saying 35 that was kind of what was <laughs> jumping out at me but i didn't want to make a glaring yeah. error <laughs> yeah i've got up to i've gone i go up to 45 sometimes like i say if it's uh yeah if it's a heavy climb and i want it to be mm. really hard but yeah yeah Cool, okay. Um, right, anything else we want to cover before we finish this up? Um, rims, anything about the, the rims themselves? Yeah, well, like like we said, there's um, there's uh, tubeless kind of, syst- a lot of tubeless systems now, and a lot of the, the modern rims out there are uh, tubeless ready. Um, yeah. And it's quite interesting that I think Specialized actually do a rim which doesn't have doesn't have a hook on it. It's, you know, kind of a beadless rim. Uh, so I'm not okay. entirely. I need to. I was going to look into it a bit more. I'm not entirely sure how it holds a tire on there, but yeah. Um, and it's not. You know, it's not a tubular tire. It's not glued on. So, um, so that's interesting. But usually, you've got kind of just. Uh, it's it's a, essentially a modified clincher. You know, a usual rim uh, and no tubes. Mavic and uh, Shimano all do yeah. kind of tubeless ready tubeless ready rims that uh, that work pretty well, whether it's a tubeless tire or, or even a non tubeless tire. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I've always coveted, never got around to buying them uh, because they're damn expensive. Is mm. the uh, the Crank Brothers rims? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they're... The, the, we, they, I think they, yeah, they've got the cobalt um cobalt wheel sets um uh, there's a few more as well yeah yeah there for anybody out there that hasn't seen them or heard of them crank brothers obviously makers of unusual biking components in general they always come up with kind of innovative ways of making things there they do a set of rims which are the spokes don't go into the rim so they don't perforate the rim spokes actually attach to a little tab almost i suppose that comes mm-hmm. off the inside of the rim don't they so there there's a lot less spokes they're i think they're blade spokes aren't they they're flat yeah, I think they um, are. Yeah. yeah and they attach in that funny way so they look really different they look quite stand out and they generally come in really sh- uh, shiny colors as well mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and gold just, and uh, yeah exactly yeah, i like yeah and they just look really cool they're they're very different they're they're ge- i think they're really good quality uh, crank brothers are always good quality um, mm-hmm. but yeah they cost like at least um three four five hundred quid i can't remember off the top of my head but yeah they're certainly not cheap but yeah i'll get i'll get a set of them one day <laughs> <laughs> it'd be good it'd be good to hear about them <laughs> i was coveting uh, the drop seat post on the last episode now it's uh crank brothers wheels it's uh it's gonna be a grand drop and all this stuff in the next day. <laughs> yeah uh yeah well i i'm i'm supported by crank brothers with pedals and i'm oh, really? uh, i might be getting in touch to try and get one of their they've actually just yeah. launched um one of their new dropper posts so um going back to what we were saying in the last podcast but um yeah i'm definitely gonna 
try and get one get get one on the go good stuff yeah you can if you can get a duplicate uh, sponsor kit you know i I can tell you my address off air (laughs) yeah no no problem (laughs) see what i can do Okay, dogs. Well, I think that covers the tires, the wheels, the rims, all that stuff. So I hope that's given, uh, if you're listening out there, I hope that's given you a good idea about uh, how to choose a set of wheels or the different options you can go through. But as usual, uh, I mentioned last time around the last few episodes, what we want to do in the near future at the end of this little series is to do a, a Q&A episode. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be answering questions as we go along as well. So if you have any questions we haven't answered about wheels, um, even if it's something, I know there was a couple of things in there that we said, oh, I'm not entirely sure about this. If if you have a question that um, we haven't answered or we weren't sure about at the time, then send it in and we will either answer it ourselves or we'll even get somebody. We know plenty of people that are very technical as well, so we can get mm-hmm. a really good answer for you. So um, send them on in. There's a few different ways you can do it. You can email in at colin at mountainbikesapart.com. You can tweet us. I'm Colin MC Gray. Tom is by Tom Bell. Indeed. Or uh, even better, send us a voicemail. It'd be great to get your voice on the show. If you send us a recording of you asking your question and your very own voice, we can include it on the show. I'll actually edit it in and we'll hear you on the show. So you can email that to colin at mountainbikesapart.com. All you need to do is get out your voice recorder on your phone and speak into it and email it through that or, you know, do it on your computer however you like to record your own audio. So yeah, send that in, that'd be great. So we'll, we'll put them together into an episode at the end of this little series and uh, yeah, hopefully include them in episodes too. Mm. But yeah, I enjoyed that. It's, uh, I'm enjoying going through all this stuff. It's, it's something I'm, I really enjoy putting together. Like I'm, I've talked about it many times in the podcast. I've, I'm keep very keen on building my own bikes and uh, figuring all this stuff out. And yeah, I wouldn't claim to be an expert in it all by any means yet, but it's good fun figuring it out and, uh, you know, um, making mistakes and learning from them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Always good to uh, to geek out as well over some uh, componentry. Cool. <laughs> okay, Oaks. Well, good to speak to you again, Tom. And dear listener, thank you for listening. As always, join us again on the next episode. We'll be talking about another part of the bike, another way to set up and part of your bike to get the best out of it. All right. Talk to you next time, Tom. Thanks, Colin. Talk to you soon.